Tonight we go back to Proverbs. We go back to God's wisdom revealed to us by contrasting the righteous, the wise, and the wicked, the fool. Now, I want to say this. Sometimes we lose sight of this. The point to our study, the point to what we're doing tonight is personal application. A lot of times we are, when we're hearing these verses, uh, we're thinking about somebody else. And we're thinking, you know what? I hope they're listening over there. Or, or they, oh man, they should have been here tonight. I, I may uh, send this to them. Well, understand tonight, the point uh, is personal application. Your and my personal application. Now, the first thing that we see, there's two, two things that we're going to apply out of these uh, verses that we're studying. The first thing is, uh, that we're not to be that type of person, a, a foolish person, a person that operates outside of godly wisdom. And so the first warning is to not be a, a foolish person, but to be a person that finds godly wisdom, that puts it into practice and lives by it. And then the second point of application is to be warned of those type of people, to be wary of those type of people. Now, the, the reality is the Bible tells us we are greatly influenced by the people that we have close associations with. And, and in Proverbs, we see we are to mark these type of people. We are to be warned of these type of people. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Now, I've said this many times. We like to think, you know what, I'm going to be a great influence on them. I'm going to pull them up. I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to live according to God's word, and I'll be a great influence. I will pull them up. Well, the truth is, most of the time, predominantly, it does not work that way. Who we associate with closely, who we have close relationships with as followers of Jesus Christ, it absolutely does matter. So tonight, we're going to look at each of these verses Throughout this study, tonight for sure, seeking personal application. What does this mean for me? Is there something I need to change? Some of God's wisdom I need to grab hold of and put into practice? Or are there some people that I need to mark them as a person that is unwise, not operating according to godly wisdom? Tonight we're going to move to chapter 18. Chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. All right, here we go, verse by verse. He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Now, we had a version very similar to this earlier. It's a very interesting verse. He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Now, I want you to understand this is not a person who likes to be by themselves. It's not a, a loner, that type of person. No, this is a person who has to stay away from others because of how they've lived, because of the bridges they have burned, and because of what they are doing now, how they are living now. They are forced to being reclusive. Now today in our world, we would say, well, they're shady people. They exist in the shadows. Well, the Bible says that person that, that withdraws from everybody else, that person seeks their own desire. Now, what that means is it's all about them. 
They are selfish. They are self-serving. And it's not about you. It's not about the good of others. It is about them. And so when this person withdraws for, for all of these reasons, they are revealing their selfish nature, that it's about them. It says that person fights against sound wisdom. They operate in foolishness. They operate in worldly wisdom. And so they push against, they fight against sound wisdom. That makes sense. They're in opposition to it. Now, let me say this, and I wish I, wish I could say it, and a whole lot of folks would hear it tonight. Let me say this. If you are struggling, if you're struggling with sin or you're struggling with hard things in your life or you're struggling with sadness or depression or you're, you're struggling with motivation, there, there's lots of things. If you're struggling, one of the great resources of God is the church. And I think that's his gift to us. I think that's part of his plan. One of the great resources of God is for us to be around like-minded people, to be around encouraging people, and even to be around struggling people. Here's the truth. We do better together. And so the verse says this, watch the person that's always alone. They're revealing their heart. It's about them. Verse 2. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. And remember, we've seen it a bunch of times. A fool, uh, remember this, is not an ignorant person. An ignorant person is a person that does not know what is wise. They do not know what is right. And maybe they haven't spent time in God's word, but they are ignorant of the truth. They are ignorant of what is wise. So a, a foolish person is not an ignorant person. We've seen in our study, a foolish person knows what is right, but does not care. Knows what God has said is wise, but does not care. Well, it says a fool does not take delight. It means does not take joy in understanding. Now, I want you to think about this. A right-minded person a right-thinking person is glad to hear there's a better way, is glad to hear there's the best way. And, and they are glad if they're trying something, if, if somebody were to come along and say, you know what, that's not wise, that's not going to work, that's going to end in disaster, and here is the best way. A right-thinking person is glad for that. They celebrate that. A fool, however, the Bible says, takes no joy in that. Their delight, their joy, the Bible says, is only in revealing their own mind. Now, what that means is this foolish person, their joy is in telling you what they think, and it's all they care to do. There's folks, and you know them, and, and, and all they want to do is tell you what they think. You know what? I've got to go tell those folks what I think. And they do not care who it upsets. They do not care how stupid they look. they got to speak their mind. They've got to tell you how it is according to them. I've met people like that. And you know what? I've got to tell them how it is. If I don't tell them, somebody won't, won't do it. And I've got to tell them 
They do not care who they upset. Here's something crazy. (laughs) This was written 2,700 years ago. I thought about that. 2,700 years ago, there are some people, they're like, well, i got to tell them what I think. I've got to ride this camel in town. I've got to tell them what I think. Somebody's got to tell them how it is. It still holds true. A foolish person, they're not worried about what's right. They're not worried about what God says the best way to do it is. All they want to do is tell you their mind. It still holds true. Verse 3. When a wicked man comes, contempt also comes. And with dishonor comes scorn. When a wicked man comes, contempt also comes. And with dishonor comes scorn. This verse is is a verse about those people that we let into our circles. Those people that we closely associate with. Here's what the Bible says. Verse 3 When a wicked person comes. Now, I went and looked it up. The word for wicked in the original language means a base person. It is a person that operates kind of like a foolish animal. They operate according to worldly wisdom. Well, this feels good. Well, this makes sense in the world. They operate according to their own logic. Now, here's what I would say about a wicked person a base person. It's talking about a lost person. That's what I believe it's talking about, a lost person. When they show up, when this wicked person, when this base person, this this lost person, when they show up, the Bible says contempt comes with them. The end of the verse says scorn comes with them. Now what that means is when that person shows up, trouble comes, conflict comes. One translation I found, I like it, says this. When a base person comes, the air turns sour. You ever been around somebody like that? Just when they come in, smiles leave people's faces. Bitterness sets in. These are people and they cause trouble and they raise issues. And the verse says they speak in scorn They speak in contempt. They got to belittle somebody. They've got to belittle all the ideas that are on the table. They bring division. They institute factions. They hurt feelings, and they stir up anger. And the Bible says the reason is that person is lost. As believers, we're warned about letting those people in our circles, about letting those people have influence in our lives. When they come, coming with them is trouble. As believers, be warned. All right, verse four. I like this verse. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. That goes together. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. All right, here's something that we'd be wise to grab a hold of. Throughout the Proverbs, we find, we see that if you will listen to a person, there is much to learn. If you will listen to a person, there is much to see and to discern. And you can tell the type of person you're dealing with by the words they use. You can tell the type of person you are dealing with 
by their words, by listening to them. What they say and how they say it, you can tell if this is a wise person or if this is a foolish person. Now, we might think, well, that's too simple, that's too easy, but that's, that's the truth. If you listen to the words of a person, if you listen to what they say and how they say it, you can discern from their words, this is a wise person. This is a foolish person. This is a lost person. In verse 4, here's what it means. The words of a wise person are meaningful They are profound, they are thought out, and they are thoughtful, and the wisdom from that person keeps coming, which means the pattern of their speech, just like this bubbling brook, keeps coming. As they speak, you speak to a wise person, you say, you know what, that's right. You know what, that makes sense. You know what, that's good advice. Hey, that's smart. I never thought of that. That is good. And that's what comes out of the mouth of a wise person. And as you listen to them, that's the supply that's coming out. Now, the words of a fool are not like that. The words of a fool are coarse. They are meaningless. They are empty. And just to be honest, they're dumb. You ever talk to somebody, and there's a guy, (laughs) he's not here, There's there's a guy that, that posts things on Facebook. And I read that and say, what in the world does that even mean? Just, it's like they just rattle up words and then kick them back out. And then people say, well, that's good. I need to hear that today. It doesn't make any sense. What you talk about and how you talk about it reveals much about you. Here's something that makes sense that, that we can put together That's most likely why it says so often, we better just not talk. The things we say reveals much about us. Verse five, to show partiality to the wicked is not good, nor to thrust aside the righteous in judgment. To show partiality to the wicked is not good, nor to thrust aside the righteous in judgment. Now, in verse 5, we find, again, a reoccurring theme that it it is to accept someone or something as that is wrong, that is wicked, that is foolish, that is evil because of who they are, because of their status, because of their wealth, to overlook the truth is a bad thing. It's it's really a wicked thing. If a person comes and they are wrong and they're not in the truth and they're foolish, but because of who they are, because of their status, you've seen this, because of their reputation, we'll sit and we'll listen to that person. That is foolish. And it is wrong to treat someone unfairly, harshly, because they are right. And we see that happen as well. Somebody is right, somebody is righteous, they're living according to the word of God. And, and when they come, most likely it convicts us of our behavior, and so we cast them aside. We do not listen to them. Over and over, this issue is raised. I was thinking about this. Remember a couple of years ago, I think it was two years ago, at the Super Bowl. Now, if this is your team, I'm sorry, but at the Super Bowl, the, the owner of the New England Patriots 
is also the owner of Kraft Food, Robert Kraft. He actually got arrested in a sting in a massage parlor tied to human trafficking. Let me tell you that. For most people, that's the end of the line. For most people, you're, you're done. For most people, that's a, that, that is the ending of everything. Well, do you remember when the NFL sanctioned him? Do you remember when the NFL took his team from him? They didn't do either. Do you remember when the business world said, you know what, that guy leads craft products? You know what, we're not going to go along with that? Remember when that bad reputation was attached to him and the board of directors said, we got to do something about this guy? It never happened. Remember when he went to jail? Human trafficking, guilty. Remember when he went to jail? He didn't go to jail. Misdemeanor fine. It is wrong to overlook the wrongness in a person's life because of their reputation, because of their wealth, because of their status. The book of Proverbs tells us that. I never liked the Patriots anyway. <laughs> it shows up in what they do when they inflate the balls, all right? To show partiality to the wicked is not good, nor to thrust aside the righteous in judgment. Moving to verse six. A fool's lips bring strife, and his mouth calls for blows. Now, I want you to listen to this. A fool's lips bring strife, and his mouth calls for blows. Again, it's showing us here the heart and the character of a person is revealed in their words. And a foolish person, a fool's lips, brings strife. We've seen it over and over just tonight. Brings trouble. A fool's lips stir up conflict. And then it says this. And their mouth calls for blows. Now, I want to be careful. <laughs> I, want to, I want to say the right thing here. I'm pretty sure <laughs> this is not a call to hit them, to strike them. But you sure want to, is what the verse says. Their mouth calls for somebody just to bust them. Now, I don't think this is a call to do that, but you sure want to, is what the verse is saying. I remember when I was a kid... And maybe you remember these days. I don't know what they do now. But they would ask a couple of kids who got in a fight, who threw the first blow? You go down to the office, you go down to the coach's office, wherever you go. They'd say, who threw the first blow? And that's the one that got in trouble. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Evidently, you threw the first blow. You started the fight. You want to know who started the fight? The one that threw the first blow. I remember in sixth grade, I was in intermediate school. They've torn it down. It was after lunch. I think we may have gotten stirred up at lunch. And we came into English class, and there was a kid, and I won't tell you his name, but he, he said something crazy to me. I was a sixth-grade kid. I came in from lunch. He said something crazy to me, and I nailed him. I just nailed him. I, and, in fact, I did it several. In fact, I'll just tell you, I did it many times. And they grabbed us. Oh, I remember. And it was in class. That was worse. And they grabbed us, and they pulled us apart. And they were mad. They should have been. And they took us to the office. Now, if you remember way back then, here in the office was a green couch. And you know what? If you're in a chair, that's cool. If you're in an orange couch, that's good. But it's not so good if you're on the green couch. And they hauled us in there and said, you get on the green couch. And I remember thinking, oh, man, the green, I'm on the green couch. 
Mr. Passmore was the principal. Kenny Railsback's the vice principal. And they came out, and oh, boy, this was big stuff. And they said, who threw the first blow? And I said, I did. And they said, okay, get over here. And he, I remember Mr. Passmore pulled out his paddle, and Mr. Railsback wanted to do it. So he said, let me do that. Let me do that. And they said, why did you throw the first blow? Got the paddle out. Other kids on the green couch. And I said, he said this to me. And I remember they about passed out. Both of them about passed out. Miss Rogers was the school secretary. She about fell out of her desk when she heard it. They, she couldn't believe it. And they just sat there for a second. And they said, okay, you go back to class. No licks, no trouble. You go back to class. I don't know what happened to that guy. The Bible says there are people and their words draw you to want to strike them. And that, that is this person. A fool's lift brings bring strife and his mouth calls for blows. Now it goes on, it's tied to it, verse seven. A fool's mouth is his run and his lips are the snare of his soul. A fool's mouth is his run and his lips are the snare of his soul. Verse seven says this, it doesn't just hurt others, that's what these, these people never figured out. It is their ruin. It is their downfall. It is the snare that seizes them. That's what a snare does. It pops up and it grabs you and it seizes you. They are a fool and their words reveal it and their foolishness results in their doom, in their downfall. I'm going to stop there tonight. Do you know what all of these people need? Both sides. Do you know what all these people need? They need Jesus. They need Jesus. We do and they do. And as we saw this morning, and our words can do something about that as well. It is a wise person that leads people to Jesus Christ. Both sides of these people, we need to put our eyes on Jesus. Some of them need to find him for the very first time. And our words are wise if we'll lead them to Jesus with our words. Our words can do something about it as well. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Dear Father, we come, we're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your truth. We're thankful that you care enough to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to set guardrails along the path of life. We're thankful that you're honest and you tell us that's not good. In fact, that's evil. That's, that's foolish. It'll end in doom. You also tell us here's the best way. Here's the way that'll, that'll end in joy and happiness. I pray, Lord, that tonight we would be wise. And I pray that tonight we would grow in wisdom. And I pray we would be doers of the word. And I pray all of that would be steeped in Christ, focused on Christ, encouraged in Christ. And I pray, Lord, that we would fix our eyes upon you. We would forgive like you and we'd be kind and considerate like you that our words would would build up your name and your reputation. And I pray for those that do not know Jesus and act the way they do because they're lost. Lord, I pray that in, 
and the word of God and maybe the example of our words that would point them to the word of God, they would find Jesus Christ. May you be glorified in your people's words and their actions. And may we walk in your wisdom for your glory. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.